Cade Mielet Falcha, and you're very welcome to the Let From Ireland show. You're listening to Series 1, Episode 6. everybody welcome to the letter from ireland show uh, and i'm mike collins and i'm karina and you're very very welcome we're really looking forward to having your company over the next 30 minutes or so while we get stuck into all things irish places and irish ancestry so karina what do we actually have lined up on the show for this week well mike two very interesting letters this week and i think possibly an answer to a lot of queries that we get on our site and that is a little bit about where people's surnames come from in Ireland and maybe what those surnames mean. And both letters are going to cover that today to give people a little bit of a clue of where to start looking in Ireland for their family. Yeah, and just to kind of say that, Queen, because, you know, in a way, um, people are always asking questions, as you say, about their surnames. And very quickly, the conversation moves on to places, for example. And even more quickly after that, we start to move on to pronunciation. And that's the thorny oh, one. Yeah. Because we all know it's, it's a bit of a devil trying to actually write out pronunciations all the time. And what the nice thing about this particular show is we get the opportunity to actually talk through some pronunciations. However, just before we go on, we would recommend that you head over to the show notes, which you'll find at youririshheritage.com forward slash episode 106 that's youririshheritage.com forward slash episode 106 and the reason we say to go over there is because you'll actually find the copies of the two letters that we'll be referring to during this particular show so you can actually read along see what we mean and so on as we get stuck into some of those pronunciations and some of those irish words yeah so how about a little bit of a warm-up here karina because we're going to be talking about the townlands and the place names in Ireland. And I know that you come from a place not too far from where we're sitting now called... Ovens. Ovens. Now, ovens, as we all know, is something that you stick your pizza or your paella or your Irish stew, whatever it might be, into. But in your case, it has a very specific meaning, doesn't it? Of course. It? So again, like like a lot of the words that have been anglicised, there's a very different meaning to, for ovens in Irish. So if we look at the Irish word for the area, it's nahuana, which means the caves. So uv or ov is a cave, and that's probably where somebody got the idea for ovens. But of course, in, in ovens, there are lots of caves that stretch for many miles. And I remember my father telling me a lot about them. And when he was younger, they used to go exploring in those caves. And how about yourself? Did you ever No, I looked at, I looked at the mouth of those caves and never went any further. <laughs> that's for somebody else. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so ovens is your place, and that's really where ovens came from. So, you know, it's kind of interesting how, uh, you know, I suppose one kind of common English name came from, I suppose, kind of a name in Irish like that. Which gave an explanation of what was happening in the area, the topography of the of the area as well. And that's really what we're going to be dipping into for the rest of this particular Letter from Ireland show, which are the place names in Ireland, how they got those particular names, and a little bit about the why. And we're going to cover a lot of the actual common names. That's going to be the actual first part, the first letter that we're actually going to go through on the show. 
And uh, I believe, Corinne, you're going to be reading this second letter. And can you just let us know what that's about? So on, on the second letter, then, I'm going to be going over the Irish surnames based on where they've come from. So there's another clue there. If your surname maybe was Ireland or something like that, there might be a clue from where you, where you come from. And of course, a little bit more detail we'll be going into then. Okay, so that's great. Really looking forward to that one as well and tying them all up together. So remember again, folks, if you are interested in following along, do go to our show notes. That's at youririshheritage.com forward slash episode 106. And feel free to read along. So uh, without any further ado, I think it's time to get stuck into today's first letter. So today's first letter is called How Irish Places Get Their Names. Cade Mila Falcha, and you're very welcome to this week's letter from Ireland. It's a holiday weekend here in Ireland, so things feel even more relaxed than usual for a Sunday morning. The weather is bright, but cool and changeable. You could say it's typically non-predictable weather for a typical Irish day. I'm looking at a nice cup, rather, of Lion's Tea as I write, and in fact more about the Lion's surname in just a few minutes. And I do hope you'll join me with a cup of whatever you fancy yourself as we settle into today's letter. Now, just this week, I received a request from Helen Wise, and I always listen to someone with Wise as a surname. Helen said, I'm very curious about the naming conventions used for Irish townlands, baronies, villages, etc., which seem to be repeated over and over again. So many places are prefixed or suffixed in such a way that it makes me wonder what they mean and if the meanings are useful to us at all in our search for our ancestors. These are two examples. Kill, and that's spelled K-I-L-L, as in Killaloo, and Lane, or Lan, as spelled L-A-N-E, as in Ballyvalan. Now, do Kill, Lan, Lane, and Bally have a geographical significance or a descriptive significance? Are they Gaelic words, she asks? Here is a list of some of the prefixes that I frequently see in place names, Helen goes on. Kill, Drum, Wrath, Bally, Cool, Gort, Mull, Dune, Knock, Ross, Castle, Glen. And she adds, this is a list of some of the suffixes that I frequently see. Bano, Beg, Boy, more, na, nan, ray, more, cray. I must admit, Karina, when I actually see those words, uh, I suppose kind of uh, subtracted from their normal place, the normal yeah. words, it's kind of hard to make them out ourselves in a way. In isolation, it's very different. It is. It's very different. So I think we'll have to liven it up in just a few minutes and start to give lots of examples. So back to the uh, letter there. So, uh, Helen, thanks for giving us a direction with your question this morning. You bring up something that I hear a lot from our readers, especially when you're trying to understand or even, heaven forbid, pronounce a townland that your ancestor originated within. So, in this case, I decided not to look up lots of reference books, but to give you an answer off the top of my head, or at least an answer I would have actually uh, considered down to a couple of years of answering questions like this. So, forgive me in advance if some of this reply sounds a little opinionated, but you can also check with the official sources later. Cows, hills, forts, rocks, churches, woods, towns, river mouths, big and small. 
Now, it's worth giving a little bit of context before we go on here, Mike. Remember that most Irish place names, especially townlands, have been in place for many hundreds, if not thousands of years. Most were named when Irish was the everyday language. Before the arrival of the Normans in the early 1200s, Ireland was a land of many little kingdoms. The tribal boundaries of these little kingdoms were constantly under pressure from ambitious neighbours. These boundaries and the agreements that held them in place were often orally agreed and witnessed. Prominent landmarks like hilltops, rivers, forts and so on were used to provide the reference points. It was a time well before maps as we know them today. Across Ireland, there was no single authority or administration, no single law system. The Brehens or judges administered a type of local law dealing with areas like the division of land across generations and the often resulting disputes. While there were no maps, almost every visual feature in a kingdom, townland or field had its own name. There were often up to 1,000 identifiable features inside a single townland. As time went on, the Normans arrived and they used the existing names and naming systems for many of the towns, castles and baronies that they put into place. Even later still, English became more widely used across the island and instead of translating from Irish to English, many of these place names were phonetically anglicised, sometimes well, sometimes atrociously. So, are you ready for some prime examples of common words in Irish place names? Over to you, Mike. Well, Karina, the first one we have here um, is one at the centre of so much of Ireland, which is the word for cow, cows. And the cow was at the centre of the Irish farming economy for probably thousands of years. Now, the Irish word for cow is bow. That's a B-O with an accent over it, so what we call B-O father. And, of course, it's pronounced uh, bow. And guess what we call roads in Irish? We call them cowways. Or, in Irish, literally in Irish, we call them bohir. And small roads are often called boreens. And just to mention as well, in Irish we put reen after things, or een after things quite a lot, uh, to say it's a small version of whatever we're talking about. So this applies to names as much as anything else. Like if somebody's name is Nora, young Nora might be called Noreen or yeah. Maura. Or a Colleen, which Colleen. is a young girl. There you go, exactly. So in this case, even today we say uh, Boreen quite a lot. We want to actually describe a small road in Ireland. We lots of them around the place. And of course, um, the word bow for cow comes across in many place names, such as Boer Bui, for example, which literally translates into, I guess, yellow road would be kind of the best uh, immediate translation there. The next word you'll see a lot is the Irish word for hills. Now, Ireland has a fairly low tree line and the tops of many of our hills and mountains are actually visible. The, the Irish word for hill is Canuck, that's C-N-O-C, uh, pronounced as you heard there, Canuck, which you'll often see in place names with the words K-N-O-C-K or Knock. Uh, you'll see place names like Knock itself, Knock Row, Knock Nahini and so on. So that's the Irish word for hill, C-N-O-C. So that features a lot, as the, like the English word knock in a lot of our place names. Moving on, uh, forts, okay, the places you want to defend. 
Well, forts were often built on small hills with good visibility all around, uh, or other prominent places. Now, the Irish word for fort, the most usually word, is dún, that's D-U-father-N, uh, but pronounced dún, and is contained in the names of plenty of Irish towns and areas, such as Dungannon, Dungarvan, Downpatrick, and so on. And smaller forts were called Rath, or R-A-T-H, or Lis, L-I-O-S. And again, we find things placed like Lis in a lot of places, like Lismore, and so um, on and so forth. Rathmore? Rathmore, that's right. Uh, Lisburn, and so on and so forth. Uh, moving down, we have rocks. So rocks, if you like, they're often, I suppose, more rocky outcrops in the middle of a pasture, like a flat area or a bog. And these outcrops were ideal for meetings or indeed building a fort upon. And the Irish for rock is Carrig, and that's uh, C-A-R-R-A-I-G. And you'll find this in many place names such as Carrick on Shannon, Carrick Macross, Carrick Line, Carrick Fergus. And of course, by the way, just to say, a rocky fort is called a cashel. So a stone fort is often called a cashel. And that would be often spelt in uh, in English, I suppose, as C-A-S-H-E-L. Maybe that sounds familiar to you from the Rock of Cashel. Mm-hmm. Now, the next one on our list are churches and woods. Now, Ireland had a monastic and saintly tradition. I'm not sure if it's there anymore. I think not as much as it was anyway, from about the 400s. The Irish word kill, that's C-I-L-L, but it's pronounced uh, kill, and in fact in English you often see K-I-L-L, basically means church. So places like Kildare, Killarney, Kilkenny, all got the names from an association with a saint and their church. However, it's also worthwhile mentioning the uh, Irish word for a woodland or a wood here, as that word is actually quill, um, C-O-I-L-L. So, although I kind of said quill, like a K-W-I-L-L, it's actually very close to kill, which we just talked about, meaning church. Now, this actually appears in many of our place names also, um, that have a kill at the beginning. So, sometimes it's hard to know from the English place name if it's actually named after church or a wood. An example of the wood version are Kilduff, Kyle Brack, you see Kyle from time to time, Kyle Brack, Clana Kilty, Kilgariff, and so on. Next one down, hopefully you're keeping up with this now. Um, But, you know, the next one down, I suppose, are um, things we see most often, and I think remember most often when we look and think of Irish place names, and that's from towns and river mouths. So, the most recognisable Irish place names are often those starting with Bally, B-A-L-L-Y. Now, Balia, B-A-I-L-E, is the Irish for town or a home, pronounced Balbalia, like I just said. And it appears in many of our townlands, uh, which are also called Balia as well in Irish, villages and town names. Places such as Ballymina, Ballinlock, and so on. And in fact, the list is just so long there, we could be here for a day just calling those particular ones out. Now, also alongside the Irish for town, um, the Irish for a mouth is a bale, as in the mouth that you eat with, and that's B-E-A-L, and the E is a fodder over it, or an accent over it, bale. And it also features, in many town and city names, that are aso- associated and located at the mouth of a river. Names such as Belfast, 
Bill Förster, uh, Bally de Hob, Bill Ah de Hob, So uh, all those bals in that case from the actual Irish for the mouth in this case of a river or mouth at the ford and so on. Now, the next words which you see featuring a lot in Irish place names are the words for big and small. So, where you have big hills, big fields, big rocks, you also have small ones. The Irish for small is biog, and that's uh, spelled B-E-A-G, and often winds its way into the English language as B-E-G. And the Irish for big is moor, that's M-O-R, with an accent over the R, and that often winds its way into English as M-O-R-E. So you often find the word for small, that's beg, and the word for large or big, more, springing up in place names. Places like Killy Beggs, Beganish, Ardmore, Lismore. I think I've had Knock On More, where I came from and grew up as well. Mike had Knock which is the hill, and more big. So both, again, showing that the geography of the area really influenced the surnames and the place names. Do you know, Karina, I'm a bit worried about this. Do you know why? Why is that? Well, I think we might be making this too easy for people, you know? It's not easy now, <laughs> I think. We've given good warning that they need the notes, and I can yeah, see why now as we yeah. go through. But, you know, hopefully you're beginning to see there is, there's a repetition here of, you know, those uh, words like beg, moor, bally, carrick, and so on, that they actually all have a significance because they are names of places that have just been in place for thousands of years. Yeah, so really they've just kind of, I suppose, kind of evolved and mutated down through the years and the centuries, uh, both not so much in meaning, but just really through different people's interpretations. And also because... Uh, I suppose, languages on top of that as well. But it's kind of reassuring to think that all of these places as such are based around these physical attributes that even today you can visit a place like Ballina or Baldihop or Lismore and you can actually see the place that the place is actually named after, which is quite interesting, I think. So, back to the letter there. There are so many more place name words, but the ones above are the ones I see most often. Don't even get me started on colours. Red, for which you've row. Black, for which you've duff. Grey, for which you've ray. Yellow, for which you've bui. Green, for which you've gloss. Brown, for which you've done. But let's finish off with a little link back to Irish surnames. You often see an Irish, original Irish tribal name spring up within a place name. For example, just this week, I was travelling through the North Cork village of Castle Lyons. Now, Castle Lyons is Cashlan O'Lehan in Irish and is named after the Gaelic tribe who are prominent in the area up to the 1200s. This was one of the little kingdoms that Karina mentioned earlier and the tribe was called the Ilahan and they held this area until the arrival of the Norman Barry family. Now, one of the leading families within the particular tribe took the surname when surnames introduced of O'Lehan. And um, that later became anglicised as Lyons and sometimes Lahan. So you could say that the Barrys drove the Lyons away, but of course there's still room for both of their teas on my shelf. Sorry, I couldn't resist that one. So if you travel around Ireland today, you often see the word UA or UI included in place names and signposts between two other words usually. And this is usually a good indicator 
that you're driving near or through an old Irish tribal territory. Now, I think I better stop there, Helen and everyone else, before I go on too long. I do hope it helps as a primer on Irish place names and why it's useful to understand a little more of their origin as you bring your Irish ancestry to life. Now, back to my cup of lion's tea. Salam for this week, Mike and Karina. So, Mike, that, that was really interesting, that letter, because even if you're very far from Ireland and you're looking at a place name, you actually have an idea of maybe what's exactly in that place, whether it's a rocky outcrop, a church, the mouth of a river, a ford in a river. So it brings really your Irish heritage to life, doesn't it, in a very yeah, real way? Yeah, I, I think on top of that as well, Karina, it's like uh, maybe it brings home for us that naming conventions and Irish words they're actually all very simple and very literal as well. So you, as you say, you can see these things, but the hardest part is often simply the pronunciation. That's the key, I think, to unlocking what a place is. If if you're looking at a word and it makes no sense to you, it's in a different language maybe, that can be very difficult, or the anglicization of the word. But a few little clues like you gave us there in that letter earlier would really, I think, open up a whole world to people. Yeah. So listen, we won't we won't just leave it there with just one letter and so on. I'm sure we'll be touching on that very particular topic. And uh, remember, do feel free to leave your questions and comments and so on in the show notes page. That's youririshheritage.com forward slash episode 106. Youririshheritage.com forward slash episode 106. And we'll be delighted to answer some questions and so on there. And that leads us on to today's second letter, which I think takes the idea of Irish place name, but from quite a different perspective. But again, we're going to start off with one of the very specific letters, or questions asked by one of our readers. So, Karina, I believe it's over to you. Yes, Mike, thank you very much. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And Cade Mila and welcome to your letter from Ireland this week. Spring has really sprung in this part of Ireland and the birds are singing wonderfully very early in the morning. I guess we're getting used to it and soon we'll be calling it a terrible racket. I hope the weather isn't treating you too badly wherever you are in the world today. Now I'm sitting down to a nice cup of Barry's tea as we chat and I hope you'll have a drop of whatever you fancy as you join me for today's letter. Guess what? The subject of today's letter is... Ireland. Well, that's not exactly surprising, but it isn't what you think. Mike and I received the following message last week from one of our readers, Nancy Ireland. She writes, the surname is Ireland and it's so hard to research the surname Ireland. My husband has always wanted to know who was the first in his family to come to the United States from Ireland. I've located his third great-grandfather, who was called Peter Ireland, and recently found that Peter's father was a John Ireland, who came from Antrim. We would truly love to know more about the Ireland family and their roots in Antrim. Well, what will I call you? Let's see. Where do you come from? Have you ever visited another county, state or even country and felt a little self-conscious of your accent? When we're among strangers, we're often very conscious of where we ourselves come from. And people notice this difference. We tend to name people based on what is different about them. You might get a name based on your look, 
Hi, Slim. Or an occupation. What's up, Doc? Or sometimes the place from which you come. That's where surnames came from originally. Irish names like Kennedy, meaning ugly head, or Hickey, meaning healer, and Connity, who is a person from Connacht, are just some examples. There's a whole class of surnames known as toponymic surnames, and they are assigned based on where a person comes from. This is very popular in England, where we have surnames like Churchill, Birmingham, Hampton, Hazelton, and so on. Then there's a similar class of surnames based on the country that a person come from, comes from. And, you know, that is what we're going to look at today. Have a listen to the following surnames. Some are very common in Ireland and others are quite rare. We've got Walsh or Welch, English, the surname French or Scott, Fleming and finally Ireland. I think you might already have noticed what these surnames have in common. They are locations as well as surnames. Now, these surnames were typically given to strangers by the natives. Let's go through each in turn. First up is Walsh, also pronounced Welch in Munster. This essentially means a man from Wales. The Normans originally arrived in Ireland through Wales and brought many local soldiers and servants from the 1200s onwards. Today, Walsh is about the fourth most common surname in Ireland. It is mostly found in the southeast counties of Ireland, as well as up in County Mayo. Next, the surname English. People arrived in Ireland already in possession of this surname. If they came from England, it was an old name for an angle, spelt A-N-G-L-E, which is one half of Anglo-Saxon. If they arrived from Scotland, it indicated they were an Englishman living in Scotland. The name is found today in the counties of East Ulster as well as Tipperary and Limerick. Now the surname French. This was an old English nickname for someone from France. Who would have guessed that? In Ireland, the name arrived with the Normans through a couple of specific families that settled in the southeast and up in Roscommon. Next up is Scott. This is one of the more numerous names in the counties of Ulster and was typically given to a person from the borders of Scotland and England. And now we're on to Fleming, essentially meaning a Flemish person from Flanders. And as you might have guessed, they arrived in Ireland with the Normans from about the 1200s on. The name is now spread over many parts of the country here in Ireland. But I'm leaving Nancy's surname, that is Ireland, until last. You might have guessed that the surname Ireland is one that you are unlikely to acquire in Ireland, and you'd be right. The surname or nickname Ireland was given in parts of England, Scotland, Wales, the Isle of Man to somebody who came over from Ireland. These were typically early Irish emigrants from before the 12th century. As you might imagine, it mostly came back to Ireland as a surname with the later settlers in the counties of Ulster. By the mid-1800s, the name was sprinkled throughout Ireland, but was mostly found in the counties of Antrim, Down and Armagh. Returning Irish emigrants, if you will. 
So, to Nancy Ireland and your husband, I hope that this small introduction to the provenance of your surname whets your appetite to find out even more about your Irish ancestry and maybe even visit the lovely county of Antrim, home place of your own Ireland's. How about everybody else listening? Do you have one of these surnames in your Irish family tree? Slán for this week, Mike and Karina. Well, Karina, thanks very much for reading that. It's 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 yeah, it's it's fascinating, really, isn't it? The way I suppose, in a way, the first letter was all about the obvious way that places get named. Oh, look, there's a big rock. Let's call this the place with the rock. You know, uh-huh. and then you see somebody in front of you. Oh, there's the person in front of me. Where do they come from? Wales. Oh, we'll call them the person from Wales. You know, things, I think things were very literal back then. Quite obvious, weren't they, Mike? Yeah, quite obvious, yeah. yeah. And in a way we don't appreciate because, again, all the complications down through the centuries of language and pronunciation and so on and so forth. Layer upon layer Layer of complication. But really underneath all of that is just this simplicity. I really like that aspect about today's letters. Back to basics. Back to basics. Okay. Well, folks, that's it for this week from the Letter from Ireland show. We do hope you actually enjoyed uh, dipping in to what we're actually talking about today. I'm sure the two topics are going to come up many, many times going into the future. As always, and especially thank you so much for accompanying us for the last 30 minutes or so. And in just a few moments, we'll give you a few links and a little bit more on what's coming up next week. But in the meantime, it's slot for myself, Mike. And many thanks for listening, everybody, from Karina. Yeah, and we'll see you next week. Take care of yourself. Bye now. Slán. Well, that's it from the Letter from Ireland show for this week. Remember, you can see all the items mentioned, uh, show notes, etc. in youririshheritage.com forward slash episode 106. That's youririshheritage.com forward slash episode 106. Thank you very much for spending the time with us this week. And do remember to tune in next week when we're going to be asking you, are you a descendant of the Queen of Connacht? So really looking forward to uh, talking again then. Chat soon. Take care. Salon. Bye.